welcome to Black Goddess Healing and Manifestation. I am Dr. G. I'm very happy to be with you today um, on this, uh, you know, after Halloween, so the veil is pretty thin. Um, Some may say this is All Saints Day, depending on what you celebrate. Others may say uh, Dia de Muertos, uh, the Day of the Dead. Um, And this is a powerful time, guys, powerful time. So we're going to have some good conversation. I hope you are listening around this time frame. But if not, that is okay. Um, You're still going to be able to benefit from the information I am sharing. So again, thank you for coming and joining. Um, I am Dr. G and I am what you would call a holistic spiritual healer. So if you're a new listener, um, I am a PhD trained therapist um, during my day job, my full type job. I'm also an author and I just love learning and exploring spirituality. I spent several years um, really studying uh, religion in terms of history within our states. Um, studying the Catholic religion, not all by choice, I have to say, Um, but I'm grateful for that knowledge, as well as um, the Black Church uh, in America, so the Baptist Church, Methodist, and so really that led me on my journey, so I have to give respect to that. I no longer practice um, those types of religions, but I I really love making connections to those, uh, I guess we would say that foundation, at least for someone like myself here in the States, um, and making a connection to our indigenous and African spiritual practices and really unveiling that. So this is, a, you know, I guess this would really define this time frame that we're in this month, um, right now, November the 1st, 2020, and the connection to those religious practices, to the, the celebrations of the Day of the Dead, um, All Saints Day, and how they're connected. And so we'll talk about that a little bit, but I, I want to talk about a few other things. Um, I don't know how many of you watch Lovecraft uh, Country on HBO and so it's a TV series and if you are a viewer who've watched it or if you haven't watched it you know and you're interested in watching it I will be giving spoilers so I just want to give that warning you can skip through that part if you don't want to hear but I want us to digest that a little bit I'm seeing a lot of stuff come on television um it's triggering a lot of thoughts for me in terms of spirituality and life, death, all of that. Um, even a show glitch that I've been watching. So I, I wanted to um, talk about that a little bit and we will today. And we'll talk about Halloween and the blue moon. And we're going to talk about the Day of the Dead. How's that sound? (laughs) So I hope that you stick around and you join me and enjoy this good conversation. Stay tuned. Hey, y'all. So I wanted to share a project that I've been working on. So before we get into our topic of the day, I have to tell you about my new web page and I encourage you to go there. 
blackspirituality.org. That's B-L-A-C-K-S-P-I-R-I-T-U-A-L-I-T-Y.org. At blackspirituality.org, you can interface with me a little bit more. Um, I no longer will have my Patreon page, but if you want to chat or post things in the forum, you are free to join. And guess what? For free. That's right. I wanted to be able to find a way to connect with you all without having to require um, you know, that monetary exchange just for simply forming a community. Now, there is a way to connect that does require that exchange. And I am offering my services, which you will find on the main page on blackspirituality.org, where you can select from a spiritual journey session, as well as life uh, coaching and parent coaching. Um, These are consultative sessions that we do virtually um, through obviously, you know, a platform where I could see you and you could see me. So if you are enjoying what I offer and you have some things that you want to work on and discuss with me, go on over to blackspirituality.org and set up a time. And I would love to assist you on your journey. Thanks. All right, so let's start by talking about healing and manifestation because aren't those our two main objectives here, right? (laughs) So today is the day to follow the full moon, the second full moon in October, which is the blue moon, right? Um, You know, blue moons, you know, there's a saying about blue moons, Um, because they don't happen too often, right? And we are in a very unique time frame where um, the second, you know, full moon fell on Halloween. We had, depending on where you live in the States, um, most of our time zones shifted. We fell back for fall. And, um, you know, with our time change and the blue full moon and Halloween, we also have that what they call the thinning of the veil. Um, during this time frame, there's this strong connection with the spiritual realm, with our loved ones that may have passed. And so if you are in a place of needing to release, to heal, to manifest, this is the time. Don't worry. If you didn't do anything yesterday, you still have time. Um, Hopefully you are listening around um, November 1st, uh, 2020. And if not, maybe it's the next year and you can still use this. But, um, and maybe it's 2021. I know a lot of us are thinking, can we just get there, right? Um, But let's talk about what that may look like. We carry um, the experiences of our ancestors, not just through stories, but in our genes, in our DNA. We have generational karma. There's karmic debt that we have to pay. Uh, There are lessons that our bloodline have to learn. We'll talk about that when we talk about Lovecraft Country as well. And so there's a lot that we have to do that requires connection 
not only to your ancestors, and I should have talked about this in earlier segments, I really should have, not only with your ancestors, but with your elders, right, with your elders. Now is the time for us to connect to our bloodline to do that real work, right, to do the true work that's going to lead us to healing. So that could be complicated, right? You may have difficulty talking, having those hard conversations with your loved ones. You may not know where to start in terms of connecting to your ancestors. So let's talk about where you can start. One place to start is with you, right? Connecting to your higher self. I know I've talked about this before, but that is the place that you can begin your work. And during this time, let's do it, right? So sit, find a place which you could be comfortable in. And you know what? I'm not even going to say ah, it has to be quiet. I'm going to give acknowledgement to Brother Panic and shout out to Brother Panic if you're not familiar with him. Um, there, you know, he really is knowledgeable. He talks a lot about the occult. And I know for some that pushes them in a wrong way, whatever, you know, we put these labels on things, but I see him as another individual that is just tapped into um, researching and exploring knowledge of life, period, okay? And we don't always have to agree with everything that everyone says either, I'll say that. But anyway, he talked about um, meditation, and he was on... um, Black Magic 365 is another a YouTuber. Uh, great content there as well. Again, um, it may be conversations that you may not relate to, but you know you may want to explore their work. Um, but Brother Rich to see what he has to offer. Uh, maybe some things resonate. But anyway, he was on the show and he talked about meditation and how you do not have to be in quiet, right? And something that I always connect to is rhythmic patterns and frequencies. And he shared a story about in New York how the subway train, the sound of the train that do 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 was almost like could put you in this meditative trance state. So you don't have to sit in complete silence. And listen, this is what he offered. And this is my opinion as well, because I personally love drumming. I love shamanic sounds. Um, That helps me. So you can find what helps you to connect to your higher self. Because what you're going to do in that moment is then to connect to spirit, right? That is going to place you in a position to be as close as possible to the divine and to your ancestors, as close as possible to that bloodline, right? We can't take that for granted. We want to do a magic spell or something that just poof, all of a sudden they're going to appear and we're going to be able to have a chat. It doesn't work that way. So connecting to yourself is the place to start. Now, let's jump in a little bit more with releasing or manifesting you know some people say really the full moon is for manifesting and uh, the new moon is for releasing and you guys if you've been listening to me you know me I, I do believe in following that to an extent but if your heart if your intuition is telling you differently shift move do what is best for you so if you feel like before well maybe you don't 
you should probably assess this before trying to manifest something is there something you may need to release because there could be a blockage so this could be a powerful time to even connect to that is there something in you that needs to be released that you have not given attention to that you may not be aware of sit with that ask out loud to spirit what do I need to release am I in a place to bring forth to manifest do I have the space for that do I have the room for that and and then in that moment you can figure that piece out to then say what does or what do my ancestors have to say to me what do I need to know what do they need from me and today during this time frame especially you can then offer them something that they enjoy that they loved when they were here music food drink your company right the day of the dead is about bringing in your ancestors so finding that moment to do that Um, and to connect to them they may not shout out loud but it may be something that has been there that you haven't paid attention to right start looking for the synchronicity start looking for the signs from your ancestors I know when my mother is speaking I know when my grandfather is speaking and most recently my grandmother I'm starting to get to know what that is for her because hers was pretty recent so connect to them now remember you have ancestors that you have never met before so you want to honor them as well don't forget about them you have ancestors that may not have been that great so we want to uh, ask spirit and pray for their ascension and for their healing and their journey because we know in their journey they're probably still journeying on trying to get the good lessons of this life in this realm Um, so we want to allow um, pray for their peace and that they get um, the knowledge and the wisdom that their soul is requiring because their their healing is helping with our healing we want to Take moments to talk to our elders about our loved ones, about our family, about our lineage. That is how you honor them as well. It doesn't always have to be at your altar. You can honor them by making your elders feel appreciated and loved. And so I really encourage you to do that for your healing right now. And if you are ready to manifest, great. Do it with your ancestors. Why? Because they they need you (laughs) there are things that you need to manifest for your family that they can help you with but they they can't do it without you you can't they you know it's like free will your free will that you have doesn't allow your ancestors just to kind of hop in and manipulate things without that connection to you right it requires that connection to you so when you're working with them invite them in to say hey what is it that we need 
how do we achieve this this goal we have in this journey you know I, I want to be able to you know live comfortably and not have to be completely stressed or worry about bills I want physical healing I want to let go of my addictions I want us to connect and be closer as a family how can we do that now is the time to ask them and to speak with them and just like I said do the same with your elders they're here you know they're going to be uh, ancestors we're all going to be ancestors we all have been if you consider past lifetimes ancestors ourselves so before you go into the spiritual realm before they go into the spiritual realm now's the time to have those conversations and so use this energy right now to connect you may as I'm talking to be honest I've been smelling my mother's perfume all day and so you may have that experience as well and if you do reach out to me I'd love to know um, you know go to blackspirituality.org and post in the forum um, or email me um, and, and let me know and I, I, I really be curious to see what you've been experiencing during this time with connecting with those who have passed the day of the dead let's talk a little bit about the the religious connection um, to the day of the dead so some connected to all saints day and regardless this is a moment when you gather with your loved ones that are here and those that have departed celebration food dinner um, placing a seat at the table for them right placing a seat there making um, an ancestral altar for this time frame whether it's for the day you know some do 24 hours into November the 2nd you may have your own practice um, and cultural practices that you do during this time whatever you do it is about celebrating family it is about celebrating your lineage and when you talk about that connection to the Catholic religion what's really interesting to me um, I heard and it was actually AM radio believe it or not I don't know how many of you still have an AM radio or bother to listen but sometimes I like talk radio um hey I'm a podcaster so anyway I was listening to the radio station um this morning and there was a gentleman on there talking about All Saints Day and I part of me wanted to turn I'm like oh is this you know it's going to be a talk about religion and the Catholic religion and how you should accept Christ I didn't know what it was but anyway it was about how they celebrate and venerate the saints and I never I mean we talked about this before but I never quite thought about it until he said it this is very similar to the celebration of the ancestors right and how we really honor our ancestors he said when people ask why do Catholics celebrate saints you know why do they worship saints why do they pray to saints right because it kind of seems like it's the opposite of what Christianity teaches you, right? That you're not supposed to worship idols, only Jesus Christ, right? Um, but he, what he said to me was very poignant. He said, when people are alive, do you not ask for them to pray for you? Would you not want them to pray for you? So as they transition, what's the difference with asking them to pray for you and to look out for you? And I think he was um, a priest, I believe. I don't know. But that stood out to me. I said, that's, you know what, all this back and forth about who's right, who's wrong, and you shouldn't do that. And that's, you know, what you're doing looks like devil worshiping, and that's witchcraft, and yada, 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 and honoring your ancestors. You shouldn't do that. You know, you leave the dead alone. 
but <laughs> you know and, and I know everyone has their different practices when you talk about religion but that stood out to me he said wouldn't you want them to still look out for you yeah I would right so honoring our ancestors is very similar to that practice of honoring the saints so on all saints day they do that right they honor the saints and so the connection to the day of the dead that i am making is that you are honoring the people that have passed that have looked out for you so that they may continue on their journey but help you along your way right all souls day right all souls day is um you know another festivity but these practices are really honoring our deceased right honoring their journey and in turn honoring our own so we need to take advantage of that right this is the full moon blue full moon if you look outside tonight you'll probably still be able to see it um you still have time to honor your ancestors that have passed away put out some fruit for them whatever you think that they loved or would like light a white candle for them Okay, put a glass of water out for them because we know that water helps us to communicate between dimensions, between realms. Water is life. So do that today. I encourage you. And um, yeah, just I, I would be curious to hear how you're connecting with your loved ones during this powerful, powerful time. Ask them to help you along your journey. All right, stay tuned because we're going to talk about Lovecraft Country. Okay, so let's talk about Lovecraft Country. I mean, I am just in love with this show. I know that there's some people that had um, mixed feelings about it, I guess, because they're familiar with the book. Um, They thought that maybe it didn't do a good job of it or that maybe we're exploiting, you know, um, some of our Africanism or you know, black people. And I I get that because there's a lot coming at us right now. Um, A lot of attention around black and indigenous people um, and our history. And it's kind of like, you know, people feel as though enough is enough. But I have to say, Misha Green did a wonderful job with this. I mean, amazing job. Okay. Um, she's the producer and I believe Jordan Peele as well as an executive producer. Um, JJ Adams, Yan, um, Damage, I believe is how, Damage maybe. Um, and there's a whole lot of uh, other people in terms of producers, but I, I think, you know, we have to highlight Misha Green as just brilliant okay um i'll say it if no one else wants to say it um so this is based off um you know off of a a book by matt ruff um that's lovecraft country and it's a fantasy horror um and so it's you know the the show is slightly different um than the book and so i will i will say that but it starts with just not even starts with throughout it talks about segregation um the u.s in the 1950s and uh just the not just the racial unrest but the brutality the murders um the pain of this nation um the original sin of this nation and it really incorporates history 
some of our poets, our Black leaders, um, really intertwined into entertainment um, and, and horror. I mean, I think maybe the first episode, so it was James Baldwin. There's my accent coming out, right? Um, James Baldwin was speaking. Um, and then there were different poems, um, you know, throughout the different segments, um, episodes from some of our beautiful Black poets, Sonia Sanchez, um, for the last one, um, the last episode. That was her poem that they put to an opera. Just amazing. And so I thought it represented us as strong, um, intelligent, powerful, and also highlighted the pain that we've gone through without having that sense of re-traumatization. I feel like it was so far-fetched in a way, but not really, but in terms of, you know, the the graphics and um, whatever you call, you know, I'm not really a movie or TV buff in that way, but, you know, the, the different use of movement and color even during the episodes, I think it kind of took you to a whole different place. And so, you know, looking at how they focused on the bloodline, right? The bloodline uh, really just speaks to our need to connect to, as a Black person, as an Indigenous, you know, descendant of Indigenous people, I felt the need to connect to our practices even more after watching Lovecraft. So it, it talks about how there is there was this um what do you call it, an occult society, secret society called the Sons of Adam. And the main character, they call him Tick, his name is Atticus Freeman. Um, Tick had this connection to the Sons of Adam through his bloodline, through his mother's side, who um, she never quite talked about her family and where she came from, but she was a survivor of the Tulsa uh, massacre of 1921. And so her bloodline was connected to um, the magic, if you will, the sons of Adam. But he never knew this, right? Until his father went missing. And so when he came home, he was in the military and living um, out of the country, I believe. Um, and, and when he decided to come home to look for his father, that is when he connected to the Sons of Adam. Now, I'm not going to make this episode too long for the podcast. So I encourage you to look at the show if you haven't. But anyway, that connection started with his father, right? that paternal bloodline connection that then led him to his ancestry of his mother. He didn't know his power. Tick didn't realize, his father actually over the years has, has really kind of um, abused him, right? Physically, mentally, verbally abused him and really beat him down, right? Um, and so he never knew his power. And to me, that was significant to what happens to a lot of our men, our black men, where they get beat down and they've been beating down because the history of enslavement, that was the purpose. They saw how strong, <clears throat> excuse me, and powerful our warriors were. 
right? Because our men came here as warriors. A lot of the people that were enslaved were even um, captured by, and I talked about this before, by other tribes that they were fighting against. So they were warriors. They were strong. They survived the horrible journey to the States, to this land. A lot of them did, right? And so in order to um, demasculate them, um, or I think I said that wrong, sorry, (laughs) whatever, um, you know, to really pound that out of them, that warrior, warrior mentality, they did horrible things, killing their family members in front of them. Trigger alert, I have to say trigger alert, pregnant women having their babies cut out of them in front of the other people enslaved to witness and to see this brutality to put them in their place. And so to me, that's what that symbolized in that show. And so taking out, you know, really taking out his strength, pulling that away from him, allowed him to have blinders on when it came to his true power. And the people that I guess, you know, would be seen as the villains, the sons of Adam and Christina became one of the main characters of that, um, were white and they needed him, the African bloodline of him to make their spells work, which was really leading to immortality, everlasting life, power. They needed his blood and he didn't even realize his strength in that. Powerful, right? powerful. It took the feminine energy to awaken that in him. And it came through in a few different characters. It came through um, and Journey, uh, what's her last name? It's, let me see, Journey Smollett. That's right, Journey Smollett. Her character was, um, you know, in a relationship with Tick. Um, they call her Letty. Um Letitia, Letty, and Letty really pulled that that out of him, um, showed him his power, and she was a strong woman, and he allowed her to be a little more vulnerable um, and connect to him, and so with that union, they were able to fight for their life, for their family. Same thing with Journey um, Smollett's um, sister, uh, the one that played her, Ruby. And so Ruby also showed the strength of the Black woman, but also showed the challenges that we face as she ventured out. And, you know, part of her role was showing how it would be if a Black woman got to live uh, in a life of a white woman. And she showed just the, the stress that's taken away, the privilege that you witness that I think for the people that are, that were watching that are, that character, you know, identify as being white, I'm wondering if that opened their eyes to some of the things we experience, maybe, right? Because just seeing that, oh, um, you know, you can go into a place and order something and maybe it'll be on a house or don't worry about that today, ma'am. Can I help you? Um, Or is this person bothering you, right? Is this gentleman bothering you? I can't say how many times I was bothered by someone, you know, let's say um, by a gentleman that's attracted to me and no one comes to save the day, right? No one hops in and says, you know, is he bothering you? Are you okay? That doesn't happen too often in our world, right? So I felt like Ruby's character really did a great job of highlighting that. 
Um, and so I want to, you know, not like I said, I'm not going to make it too long because there's so much. There's so much. I can't even, I mean, we could do just like they had, I don't know how many, was it 10 episodes? Uh, I don't know. I think it was 10. We could have 10 podcast episodes on this. It, I mean, even more. It was just that deep. But the one thing that really resonated is that we are often taught, you know, to turn the other cheek, right? To do better. Just, you know, they go low, we go high, which I love, you know, Michelle Obama, that's, listen, I, that that statement really resonated. But think about right now how even they're shifting, right? I'm not going to get into the political talk today, but even they're shifting because things are dire. Our lives are depending on our strength, on us standing up for ourselves. It's more than just um, be a good person and hopefully they'll be good to you. It's deeper than that. And so in the end of the show, when Tick finally, you know, um, was able to communicate with his ancestor, um, the one who started all of this, who uh, stole the book of names, that's what they were that's what they needed to do these spells and to have the power. Um, the book of names was um, stolen by his ancestor on his mother's side. And God knows that character's name is escaping me. I'm sure all of you have who watched it are probably yelling at <laughs> your device right now with the character's name. Um, but she stole the book of names. He was able to communicate with her. And, he, and they were standing in a burning building. And she shared with him that she realized that, you know, even after death, she thought that death would be better for her. She thought that that would release her of the pain that she felt. And when she died and saw that she was still in that same fire and she couldn't escape it, she thought she had failed. But then she realized that that fire was her rage and her rage was a sanctuary for her family. And that is where their family connected in the spiritual ancestral realm. She made a safe haven for their ancestors beautiful. It was just beautiful. So even in the fire can come peace, can healing can emerge from the fire. And in your rage can come your protection. Now I'm not saying to go out and to harm others or even to be violent, um, to start fires. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that rage sometimes leads us to healing. We should be enraged by certain things, right? I mean, yes, love and light, I get it, but something should enrage you. And I think that is what the take home from Lovecraft Country that stood out to me is that we should be enraged by things. We should fight for our life. We should fight for our ancestry. We should fight for our bloodline and our lineage. And in the end, this is a spoiler alert for real. If you haven't watched Journey Smollett's character, Letty is pregnant to carry on their lineage. The other message there is that infinity, life continues on. It's not linear. They were able to travel back into time and in the future. They were able to see full circle. In fact, I think one of the episodes is called Full, full Circle. They were able to see um, that they played a role in perhaps a past event 
because they traveled back in time and in the future. I mean, it's just not linear. And they did a wonderful way of mapping that out. So for example, Tick's character, um, his dad always told him, and his dad is um, the one who raised him because we soon find out that his uncle is really his, probably his biological dad. But his dad who raised him, was also all of them were part of you know the Tulsa Oklahoma the massacres right Black Wall Street um, massacres and so he told him about a story that when he was younger um, you know they were being harassed and probably going to be killed by um, the white people that came in um, that started the massacre and all of a sudden out of nowhere he was saved by this stranger with a bat and so when he traveled back in time, his dad wanted to go back to that scene to save his friend, who he, I guess, I guess this was probably one of his, one of his first lovers, um, his male friend, um, because that's a whole nother um, storyline there. Um, he can't, he wanted to save him. And that's why he went back to that scene. Tick wanted to stop him. So he followed him. He said, no, if you go back to that scene, you're going to perhaps mess something up in the timeline. And we have to come, you know, do this mission and then go back into our timeline. So we can't mess anything up. His dad didn't listen. Tick went with him and ultimately had to go save the younger version of his dad with a bat to find out that he was a stranger that his dad all these years was telling him about. He was a stranger with the bat that saved them. Tick would have dreams about this as well. So the timelines crossed in a way, intersected. Think about the infinity sign. The timelines intersected. So it shows you that time is not linear. And even in the end, when Tick died, he didn't die. The death is not the end of the journey. Right? He, at one point of the storyline, met his future son. And so, if you haven't watched it, um, maybe I'll talk more about it in another episode. I'm not sure. And I, I almost forgot I had to actually edit this this um, episode because I almost forgot, you know, the, to highlight the connection to our spiritual practices. Um, on one part of that final episode, they had a circle with salt. And so um, if you're familiar with any of, you know, the African traditions, um, I don't want to start naming, you know, different practices, but salt is a a big piece of our practices and they put a, you know, you can use salt in your home for protection. Um, you could put it at your doorways. Um, you can make salt jars in a corner of your home to um, absorb negative energy, but they put a circle of protection with the salt and the ancestors joined in the circle to fight against the, um, you know, the ancestry of the slave owner, the master, the original, I guess, master of this, the occult group, what they call him, but the leader of that, and they fought against him. And they put that negative energy, that ancestral karma to rest. They got rid of that so that it would no longer be part of their family. And then the ancestors, one by one, went back to rest. Just amazing. So I had to add that for you guys. There's a lot of talk about, you know, monsters and demons and things of that nature as well. I'm kind of like Indiana Jones and 
vampires and <laughs> things of, of, of that nature that are really highlighted in the show as well. But I wanted to just give you my take on it. I thought it was wonderful. I commend the directors and the producers. Um, just, I'm impressed. I'm in awe. And I am really fiending for a season two. So <laughs> I really, really hope they have a season two. Um, yeah, and so I saw, I, just, I wanted to leave you on, um, I want to get, um, just bear with me for a second. I saw a YouTube chat with one of the directors, um, and her name is, and I'm trying to pronounce it correctly, for the last episode, Ioma Ofordere, I think. I probably butchered it. I am so sorry, Ayoma. Um, but she did a talk um, on YouTube. And it was with, it was a round table with Karen Hunter, um, Karen Hunter's show. And so if you're not familiar um, with Karen Hunter, you can look her up on YouTube and look up Lovecraft Country. They had a really great conversation. Um, they had a great conversation with her um, and really kind of dissected some of the other pieces of it. So I encourage you to watch that. And a young, beautiful black woman um, with, you know, I believe her family is from Africa. Um, her parents, I'm not sure if she lived there or not, but look at that interview as well. So I'm going to leave you on that. Um, <laughs> I try not to make it too long. Join me over at blackspirituality.org and join me for another episode. I hope to have more interviews for you as well with other authors and creators on um, our podcast. So stay tuned. Take care.